we're going to read verses 14 through 19. I want to join with Brother Merriman in saying welcome to our guests. We are so very honored to have you here. Amen. Praise God. We really appreciate your presence in the house of the Lord tonight. Most of all, I appreciate the presence of the Lord. Amen. In spite of our difficulties and in spite of our distractions, I feel his presence here tonight. Amen. And uh, I believe the Lord is with us. Exodus chapter 10, beginning with verse number 14. And the locusts, everyone say locusts. The locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested in all the coasts of Egypt. Very grievous were they. Before them there were no such locusts as they, neither after them shall be such. For they covered the face of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened. And they did eat every herb of the land, and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. And there remained not any green thing in the trees or in the herbs of the field through all the land of Egypt." Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. And he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind which took away the locusts and cast them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the coasts of Egypt. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we are going to uh, try to deliver the burden of our heart tonight. And as I said, it may take me a little while to get to where I want to be. But just hang on, ride with me, worship with me. Preaching's not a one-man show. was never intended to be. Amen. God is looking for your response tonight. In fact, I'm convinced that the response of the people, I, I'm convinced the response of the people is as important, if not more so, than the message God puts upon the heart of the messenger. Because if the people don't respond, what good is the message? Hallelujah. And so if you believe what I'm preaching tonight, I believe you owe it to God and to the devil. And to your brothers and sisters and to everyone else to let them know you believe it and you agree with it. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Let's lift our hands. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Can we do that? Everybody, let's talk to the Lord together right now. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for what you've put on my heart. I thank you for the word of the Lord. There is such strength. There is such hope. There is such encouragement to be found in the pages of your word. And God, I pray you would help me tonight to deliver this burden, God, from off of my heart. God, I pray that you would grant to the people ears to hear what the Spirit says tonight. God, don't let it just be an acknowledgement in their minds, but let something happen in their hearts and in their spirits tonight. Let them receive with meekness this engrafted word that's able to save our souls. We love you. We thank you. We praise you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's worship the Lord together, everybody. Let's praise him one more time. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. The, uh, the verses that I have read to you come to us, of course, during the time in which Moses is trying at the behest of God himself to convince Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go. At the time that is described in our text, Moses has now appeared before Pharaoh eight times. This is the eighth time that he has come before Pharaoh. Seven times already, Moses has told Pharaoh that God said, let my people go. And seven times, Pharaoh has refused. God has already turned the water into blood. And you understand the ramifications. I went back and read it all again today. Familiar story, but when he turned the water into blood, it killed all of the sea life. It killed the fishes. It killed everything that was there. And the Bible says there was a great stink that filled the land. The people were not able to drink. It said they tried to dig wells, but when they dug, it was blood. They had nothing to drink for seven days. And yet, Pharaoh refused. He refused. And so then God filled their land with frogs. And when Moses prayed, the frogs died. But you understand that now they have dead frogs everywhere. Seriously, read it. It's in the Bible. The Bible says there was a stink that filled the land because there's dead frogs everywhere. And still Pharaoh refused. God had turned the dust into lice. That's a lot of lice. And the first few plagues that had come, the magicians had been able to duplicate it. And replicate it. But this time they couldn't do it. And someone said Moses left the magicians in the dust. Amen. He was unable to replicate the miracle. And I don't know why they would want to. One louse is enough for me. It's too much. Well, hallelujah. But they had lice everywhere. And even Pharaoh at this point admitted, this is the finger of God. And then God sent swarms of flies. And Pharaoh decided, you know, I might ought to do something here. And so he offered a compromise. I tell you what. You said, you came to me saying you wanted to go and make sacrifice to God. Just stay here in Egypt and make sacrifice. That was his offer of compromise. That's not a good compromise for the people of God. God doesn't want us staying in Egypt. God wants us out of Egypt. See, if we start trying to sacrifice in Egypt, we'll end up sacrificing like Egypt. And God doesn't want that. He never has. Stay with me here for a little while tonight. And so then God sent what the King James says is a moraine or it's, it's a disease that is most of the time fatal upon all of their livestock. Again, 
dead animals everywhere. Decaying carcasses everywhere. Pharaoh still said no. Next, God sent boils on both man and beast. And still, Pharaoh said no. The next plague was really a double miracle. I'd never really thought about it this way until I got to reading it again today. But the next thing that God did is he sent fire and hail at the same time. Double miracle. We often talk about the plague of hail, but there was more than just hail that came. God specifically said, I'm sending fire and hail. It's a double miracle in that the fire did not melt the hail and the hail did not extinguish the fire. Right? And yet God sent it and began to just wipe out plants and crops. And it was as a result of this that Pharaoh offered his first confession of sinfulness. Read Exodus 9 verse 27. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Now, that's, that's saying a whole lot to come out of the mouth of Pharaoh. You hear me? That's saying a lot. He's admitting, I've sinned. God's righteous. We're wicked. I admit it. In spite of this hardened heart, God is seemingly starting to get somewhere in this process. Now, that was plague number seven. And so... And even in that, even in that, number seven, when God sends fire and hail and Pharaoh himself admits, I've sinned, my people are wicked, there were numbers of Egyptians who did not believe the word of the Lord. Moses warned them. He said, he said you better take your cattle and put them somewhere because the hail that's coming is going to be destructive. And listen to what they said in verse 21. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. And what do you think they ended up paying for that? They didn't believe. You understand? They've been through, they've been through six plagues already, and they still don't believe that this is true. And the seventh comes, and Pharaoh himself admits, Ah, I've sinned. But he still doesn't let the people of God and so the eighth plague comes. And, and this time, even though, now, now up until now, with the plague of hail, something did happen in the heart of Pharaoh's servants. Let me show you in Exodus chapter 10, verse 7. And Pharaoh's servants said unto him. Now this is, Moses has come to Pharaoh on this eighth time, all right? Are you with me? He's already come. They've been through the seventh plague. Moses comes the eighth time, and he says, God's about to do something again. God is going to send locusts. Now think about it. The hills already wiped out a lot of their crops. The other things that have come has already devastated their livestock. They themselves have suffered physically. And now Moses said, God's not finished yet, Pharaoh. He's about to send some locusts in here. And Pharaoh's servants said unto him, how long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go. Let them go. That they may serve the Lord. Let them serve their God. Knowest thou not Don't yet? Don't you know what's happening to Egypt? 
Can't you see your very kingdoms being destroyed right out from under you? Let them go. Give it up, Pharaoh. But he didn't. And so God sent the locusts. And when he sent locusts, he didn't just send a swarm. Let's read it again, chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. And the locusts went up over all the land over of Egypt. Over all the land. And rested in all the coast of Egypt. Very grievous were they. Very grievous were they. Before them were there were no such locusts. There's as they. been no swarm of locusts like this before. Neither after them. And there said. hadn't been any like it afterwards. For they covered the face because of the whole earth. Because they covered the face of the whole earth. So that the land so was darkened. So that the land was darkened. And they did eat and they every ate herb of the every land. Every herb of the land. And all the fruit and of the trees. All the fruit of the which trees. The hail had left. Which the hail had left. And there remained not and any there grass. there remained not green. Any green, green thing in the trees or in the herbs, or of, the in the field, herbs of the field through all throughout the all of the land of Egypt. I'm telling you, when these locusts started doing their job, there was nothing left. Egypt has been decimated. Egypt has been wiped out. Right? And so Pharaoh, as he has done so many times, calls for Moses and Aaron. And the Bible says this time he called them in haste. Get them back in here quickly. I got to talk to these guys again. And this time Pharaoh said something that he had not said before. Let's read verses 16 and 17. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, and he said, And he I, said, I have sinned against the Lord your God. He didn't just say, I've sinned, but he said, I've sinned against the Lord your God. And against you. And I have sinned against you. Now, therefore, forgive, now, I pray thee. Pharaoh is asking for forgiveness. That's big. Pharaoh says, I'm sorry. uh, You know, to say I've sinned, he could have been saying he'd sinned against one of his gods. But he says, now, look, Moses, I want you to know, I have understood I've sinned against your God and I've sinned against you. And I want you to forgive me. And I want God to forgive me. Read. Now, therefore, forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once, and entreat, and the, entreat Lord your the Lord God, thy God that he may take he away, may from, take me away from me this only. death only. And so, when God responded to this request, it's not like the frogs. It's not like the fish. When, when God sent Turn, turn the water into blood. There were dead fish and dead sea life everywhere, and it stunk. When, when Pharaoh said, get rid of these frogs, God could have done anything. God, God could have just erased them off the face of the earth, but God just killed them and let them lay there and decompose. 
But this time Pharaoh said something he had never said. And he said, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against the man of God and I'm sorry, forgive me. And this time God responded in a way that he had never responded up to date. Listen to what God did when he got rid of the locusts. Let's read verse 19. And the Lord turned, and mighty the Lord strong turned a strong Wind which took away and the, the wind took away the locusts and cast them into the red cast sea. them into the Red Sea. There remained not and there one wasn't in one the locust left anywhere in Egypt. I'm telling you, God didn't just kill them. God didn't leave them there to decompose. God said, "You've asked me to forgive you. You prayed the prayer. I've listened to you. I'm getting rid of them." And He sent a wind, and the wind blew them out of there. And when the wind of God blew, there wasn't one locust left. No more eating the plants. No more devastating the land. No more doing damage to Egypt. When God got through blowing his wind into Egypt, there was not a locust left. That simple prayer of repentance touched the heart of God. Even though Pharaoh didn't end up letting the people go, it touched the heart of God. It really did. Now, I got to, got to reading this and I got to thinking about Israel. You know, when Pharaoh finally did let the people of, of, of Israel go, and they, they crossed the Red Sea and Began their trek in the wilderness. They failed to believe God. And, and uh, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. And when the time came that God was ready to bring them into the promised land, Moses stood before them and, and began to recount for them the law that he had received at Sinai. That's what the book of Deuteronomy is. We went through this however many years ago when we were teaching on the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteros and Namos, the two Greek words that make up the title of that book, Deuteronomy. Deuteros is second. Namos is law. Second law. Deuteronomy was the second giving of the law. God had given it to Moses, and you read about it in Exodus. You read about it uh, throughout Numbers. But in Deuteronomy, Moses is recounting it because Moses is about to die. And he wants to make sure the children of Israel know what God's law is. And then Moses says to them, if you'll obey this law, if you'll do these things that I have told you to do, Gets down to the, towards the end of Deuteronomy. And he says, if you'll just do the things that I say to do, God's going to bless you. You're going to be blessed when you come in, when you go out. God's going to bless you. He's going to bless the fruit of your hands. God, I'm telling you, God's just going to bless, bless, bless. And what a promise. But Moses said, if you don't obey, if you don't. Let's read Deuteronomy 28 and verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto if the voice of the hearken. Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now, if you will obey, you're going to be blessed. But if you don't obey, there's some curses that are coming on you. And Moses begins at that point to tell them what the curses are. Okay? One of the curses 
is found in verse 42 of this chapter. I want to make sure everybody's with me. Verse 15, he says, all of these curses are coming on you if you don't obey. Verse 42, he's still listing the curses. That's a lot of curses. And he's not done in verse 42. But listen to verse 42. Deuteronomy 28, 42. All thy trees and fruit All of thy, thy land. All thy trees and fruit of thy land. Shall the locusts consume. One of the things Moses said is going to happen to the Israelites if they don't obey God is the locust is going to consume the fruit of their hands. Now I submit to you tonight, I don't think that it was so much physical locusts as it was spiritual locusts. Because I'm going to tell you, we know that if, if you've been in the adult class through any of the teaching that we've been doing, you know the history of Israel. And even if you haven't been, some of you know enough about the Bible to know the history of Israel. And you know it was a constant turning away from the plan of God. And their souls became more and more lean as the years progressed. Until finally, after Malachi put his pen down, they went for 400 years without even hearing from God. You talk about being devoured by spiritual locusts. I'm telling you, the demonic forces of hell had stripped the Jews of every blessing God had given them. Right? In fact, Joel Joel said this in Joel chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel, Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. Now, now Joel's saying, I want to talk to you old men for a little while. Do you remember anything that I'm about to tell you? If so, pass it on. Let them know there's a reason why you're in the condition you're in. Don't let your children or your grandchildren repeat these mistakes. Here's what God did because of your backsliding hearts. Read. That which the palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten. And that which the locust hath left hath the canker worm eaten. And that which the canker worm hath left hath the caterpillar eaten. Now, do you see what? This is why I say I think this is a spiritual thing. He's not talking about physically they're overrun uh, with bugs, but he's talking about their spiritual. The, the people who once had such a relationship with God that God sent them prophets on a regular basis. God sent them judges. God sent them deliverers. God performed miracles. God parted waters. And now all of a sudden they've got nothing. And Joel said, I'm going to tell you what's happened. You walked away from God. And as a result, he said, the enemy has come in and the enemy has stripped you of everything. And what what the palmer worm left, the locust devoured. And what the locust left, the canker worm ate. And what the canker worm left, the caterpillar devoured. And so they're left stripped and barren spiritually. But thank God the story doesn't end there. In fact, Joel's prophecy doesn't end there. He said, this is what has happened. This is where you have 
been. This is what has taken place. But let me tell you something, people of Israel. Chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. And I will restore I to you. I will restore to you. The years the that the years locust has eaten. That the locust has eaten. The canker worm. The canker worm. The caterpillar. The caterpillar. And the palmer worm. The palmer worm. My great army that great which army I sent that I allowed to come and devour you. I'm going to restore those years. I'm going to make them up to you. And I'm you going to give you back plenty. what's taken away. And you're going to eat in plenty. And you're going to be satisfied. And, the name of the Lord and you're going to praise the name of the Lord your God. And that dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. my people shall never be ashamed. I know the locusts have come in, but I'm telling you, I'm going to restore what they did. I'm going to give you back what they took away. And he did. Now, how is he going to do that? How is he going to do this? This is Joel 2. You see this? Joel 2, 26. Right? This is where he says, I'm going to restore the years. How am I going to do it? Verse 28. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. Uh And it shall come to pass pass. afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and, and your, your, daughters, sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men, your shall old dream men are going to dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. How did God say, I'm going to restore the years that the locust took? He said, I tell you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pour my spirit out on you. And when my spirit is poured out, I'm going to start restoring the years that you've lost. You're going to eat in plenty and you're going to have nothing to be a- oh God help me today you're going to have nothing to be ashamed of I'm going to deal with those locusts by the power of my spirit that's how I'm going to do it and we know we know we know that what Joel prophesied Peter said this is that which Joel has prophesied. What happened at Pentecost was the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. But notice how it all came to pass. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day, and of, when Pentecost the day of Pentecost was fully come, was fully come they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly and there came suddenly a sound from there heaven. There came a sound a rushing from heaven. Mighty wind. As what? As a mighty wind. As what? You want to know what that wind was doing? It was blowing the locusts out of there. It was getting the locusts out of there. The wind was driving away the forces of the enemy. When the wind started blowing, God started restoring. Joel said, I'm going to restore what the locust has taken from you. I'm going to do it by pouring my spirit out. And when God poured his spirit out, he did exactly what he had done in Egypt. He let the wind blow. And when the wind started blowing, it just started pushing those locusts out. And before that day was finished, 
3,000 souls had repented of their sins, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and received the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues. You talk about a restoration. You talk about eating in plenty. I'm telling you, when the wind started blowing, there wasn't a locust to be found anywhere. So, here we are tonight. That's all fine and good. But what does it have to do with us? I'll tell you what it has to do with us. We've watched for a number of years now, as time and again, the enemy has come in like a flood. Time and again, we've battled, we've wrestled spiritually, we've fought, we've prayed. But I'm telling you, when we look around at what once was, we can see the evidence. The locusts have been here. There's no doubt they've been here. There's no doubt. We've had some bouts with locusts. But I'm going to tell you something. The other day, What day was it, honey? Was it Monday? Monday? I don't know. Monday? Monday or Tuesday? I don't know what day it was. I just know that ever since the first of the week, I've been anxious to come tell you. Monday or Tuesday of this week, my phone rang. And I looked at the number, and I didn't recognize the number. I didn't know anybody that would be calling me from that city. So I kind of scratch my head. A lot of times I just let it go to voicemail if I don't know who it is, but I thought, well, I'll take the call, so I took it. Voice on the other end of the line said, Brother Regan, he identified himself. He, he is an evangelist who has been preaching for Brother Daniel Stevens in Mountain View for a few weeks now. Now, this is his second time to preach for Brother Stevens. The first time Uh, I forget how many weeks they went, and they had, I think, 40-something people receive the Holy Ghost. Brother Stevens has told me about the man. He and I have never been introduced. We don't know one another. Never met. I wouldn't know him if he walked in tonight. I don't. Never met him. But Brother Stevens has told me about him, and he said, here's the thing about the man. When he starts preaching, somewhere in that message, you might as well just get ready. God's going to step in and start doing a phenomenal work. He said, now this man, it's not like, he's not like the showmen that are out there that flaunt supposed gifts of the Spirit. He said, this man really is mightily used in the gifts of the Spirit. And, and he said, I'm telling you, when he speaks it, you know it's true. So... I didn't know this man other than what I'd heard from Brother Stevens, and the man didn't know me, and the man assured me Brother Stevens had not said anything to him. Brother Stevens doesn't know much about our situation because I don't talk a whole lot about it to others. But what little bit he does know, he didn't share with this preacher. But the preacher told me, he said, Brother Regan, I, I was in prayer this morning. And he said, God spoke to me about you and about your church. 
And he said, I don't know what's been going on. But let me tell you what God told me. He said, God told me that your church has been devoured by locusts. And it's lasted for many years. And it's been very, very severe. But he said, I want you to know something. God is sending the wind. And he's going to blow the locusts away. for a little while about the locusts and about what God said he was going to do. And he said, but that's not all God said to me. He said, God gave me a passage of scripture that he wanted me to share with you. And he began to read from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 5 through 9. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. This is God. This is God speaking. Read. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for light of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. To open the blind eyes. To open the blind eyes. To bring out the, to prisoners, bring out the, from the prisoners, prisoners from the prison. And them that sit, them in, darkness, that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Out of the prison house. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. That is my name. That is my name. And my glory, my will, glory will I not give to another. I will another. not give to another. Neither my Neither praise, my to, praise graven images. to graven images. Behold. Behold. The former Listen things, to this. The former Behold. things are come to pass. The former things are come to pass. And new things, and do, new I things do I declare. Before they Before spring, forth, they I spring tell you forth, I tell you of them. There were two things from this verse that this preacher said, I want you to make sure you get out of this. This is what God said. Number one, the former things are over with. What you've been battling, what you've been going through, it's done. God's declaring an end to it. you can do God said it's done God said it's over he 
It's done. It's over. The old things are gone. The locusts are gone. It's over with. He said, he said, notice this, Brother Regan, notice this. God wanted me to tell you the former things are past. The former things are gone, done. And he said, God wanted me to tell you I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing something new. He said, Brother Regan, telling you what God said I'm starting something new from the first time you step in the pulpit after we talk I'm starting something new I'm telling you something new is beginning here tonight according to the word of the Lord there's a wind blowing in this house I got a word from the Lord the wind is blowing again the wind is blowing again Listen, listen, it's not just a word for the church in general. It's a word for you as individuals. Some of you have been ravished by the locusts, but God said tonight, I'm starting something new. Tonight, I'm driving the locusts away. Tonight, I'm doing a work in your lives. Come on, let's accept the word of the Lord tonight. Let's accept the word of the Lord tonight.
I'm telling you the devastation is over. The destruction is over. The locusts are being driven away. It's time for a new thing. It's time for a new thing in this house. Come on, if you believe it, let's gather around the front. Let's let God know we accept it. Let's make it personal. God, this word is for me tonight. God, I accept this tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. You don't have to be devoured anymore. You don't have to be devastated anymore. You don't have to be barren anymore. God's made a promise. anybody in this house that's ready to just step forward let me lay hands on you and let me pray that God does a new work in your life tonight that God drives away the locusts tonight 